You're listening to Church Unplugged, the podcast of Christ Community Chapel. In each episode, we look at topics that are related to our faith in Jesus and the way that it plays out in our everyday lives. In this episode, we're going to answer the question, how should Christians think about marijuana? So as marijuana becomes legal in more and more parts of the United States, this is an issue that's going to become pressing for Christians in terms of how we think through both the morality of marijuana, but then also the legalization of it. So it's an interesting conversation for us to engage in. Welcome into Church Unplugged. All right, welcome into Church Unplugged. I'm Jimmy Cozy, a part of the leadership team here at CCC. I've got Zach Wyrock, who directs Orchard NEO, Joe Coffey, our lead pastor, and Stacey DiNardo, member of our leadership team. Today, we're asking uh, an interesting question that Christians are going to have to deal with coming in the future. And the question is this, what should Christians do with legalized marijuana? What okay. do you guys think? Are you ready? Yeah, I think uh, for me, there there's two questions packed into this one. So maybe let me divide it into these two and then we'll aim at these two. W- one is, what's the morality of smoking marijuana? And that's independent of legality, right? Laws come and go, but uh, you know, what has God said that would tell us it is okay or it isn't okay, regardless of uh, how a political state treats it? And the second one is, uh, independent of morality, how should we think about the legalizing of marijuana in the various stages, whether that's medical marijuana or recreational marijuana, and how should we think about that? So maybe we ought to just start with the morality. Is it okay to smoke marijuana regardless Yeah, because of... some, something that's legal is not necessarily moral. That's right. Correct. So, that's right. Okay. So I think we can all say if it's illegal, anything that's illegal, you shouldn't do. Not okay, right. Uh, as long as the state isn't declaring something illegal that God has said is good. Um, but independent of that... See, uh, you could get in trouble there, though, because if you say, okay, God created everything, and God said that was creation, that his creation was good... Well, and, let me uh, rephrase. I mean, like, if the state said it's illegal really to get... Good, if the state, <laughs> I, think you're, I think you're showing your hand already, yeah, Jimmy. If the, state Jimmy. Said, uh, I'm sorry. if the state said it's illegal to get married, worry, it's illegal to gather for worship, then right. we would happily defy these laws because they're in contrast to what God has said. But assuming that the state says marijuana is legal, is it moral to smoke marijuana? Is it acceptable, according to Scripture, to smoke marijuana? Maybe we should just go force everyone to say and go around. Joe. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Well, the, I think it's uh, probably a complicated question. All right. It's a little more uh, nuanced than uh, a quick yes or no. One of the reasons I say that is because when uh, somebody was, I was visited by three, uh, by a partnership of people who were going to grow marijuana across the street from the church if it was legalized. And so I asked them, so tell me, uh, what is your... They they identified themselves as Christians. They told me the kind of church they went to, and they said, I said, why are you here? And they said, because our pastor would want to know, would want to meet with us if we if we were growing marijuana right across the street from his church. And so I said, give me your, your best arguments for, uh, for marijuana. And after that, uh, I ended up talking with somebody as it came to a vote, uh, somebody who had a child who was autistic, and she said, be very, very careful coming out publicly against all aspects of marijuana because it can be very, very helpful to a certain segment of the population. So I say that it's it's nuanced right away just because there are some people that were really helped. Now the question I think that we're 
going to be dealing with, though, is more what we do with recreational Right. I was going to ask, is that the nuance is medicinal versus recreational? Well, I think the first thing we do is separate those two, right? There's there's medicinal use for cocaine or codeine or uh, opiates, and there's a recreational use. Um, So... Let's let me. So should we go around and say, like, let's just open it up to like medicinal marijuana? I think you know my stance on that would be I'm not a doctor, but to the degree that doctors feel as though it is helpful, and then regulate it and police it the way you would like Joe saying any medicine, where you might say these pain relievers are helpful, but if you take these pain relievers, don't operate heavy machinery, don't drive a car, don't and don't take too many of them. Which goes a little bit to Jimmy's first just fun statement, which is that all that God created is good and for our good, and it could be. And able to be be leveraged. Well, and the the medical benefits, though, primarily, I don't understand all the details of it, but are from a portion of it that's the CBD and CBD oil. And so, of course, there might be medical benefits when the plant is used in its entirety, but the majority of them come from that part of the plant, which right now is extracted and used for a lot of different, um, all sorts of different healing reduction of seizures, all sorts of stuff. So there is that ability to separate it out. And then the other portion of the plant is where right. it can be used for now, recreation. I'm going like uh, to continually go back. <laughs> I'm going to continually go back to this conversation I have with these three businessmen because um, part of what they said was- The three was, wise men, so Yeah, that was very <laughs> interesting to me. And uh, like one of, the, one of them said, you know, I like to have a glass of wine- before you know, sometime in the evening, and I have a friend who smokes uh, half a joint, and it's he was trying to say it's the same thing. Um, my wife, who's a licensed counselor, did you ask him what kind of wine he's? Yeah, my <laughs> wife, my wife, who's a counselor, would say uh, absolutely not. Uh, she does not see it as the same thing. She does not uh, with the people that she sees that engage. In marijuana uh, usage, it is not the same as drinking a glass of wine. So, uh, yeah. in anything, I think we have to we have to uh, ask the question: uh, Is it beneficial? Correct. Now, there are some people who will say, and I get it, would say, "Tell me how a glass of wine is beneficial." Um, yeah, but I, I think I mean, yeah, to that degree, I could say, "How's a cheeseburger beneficial?" Right. Uh, or an action movie, or yeah, I mean, I think that. I think that what I would say is that the biblical prohibition, like if we switch, shift over to recreational, seems to be against being controlled by something. Right. So that the Bible clearly teaches that drunkenness is a sin, not drinking, but drunkenness. And the reason why it seems to be, like to use Paul's words, don't be drunk, but be filled with the Spirit. And his point is, like your lives belong to God, you're to be controlled by God, by his word, by his spirit. And uh, when, you're, when your inhibitions are lowered through drinking, in this case, through getting drunk, you, you give up that control. Like God is not in control. You are not in control. You know, the, you inebriated you is in control. And in that way, it seems to me that recreational marijuana usage would fit under the same like umbrella right. of drunkenness to say that uh, I have smoked marijuana and I have been high. And in that way, I've also been drunk. It, the similarities are that in either case, uh, you are not the normal version of yourself. It manifests in different ways for different people, right. but you are you have ceded some control of yourself over to this substance. I remember seeing a 60 Minutes episode where uh, they were in Colorado and they were at because it was it had just become legal in Colorado and they're at one of those one of the marijuana stores, and the 60 Minutes reporter was saying uh, he had a, one of the candy bars. Uh, 
Uh, and he said, so I could buy one of these candy bars and go skiing. And the store proprietor laughed. And he said, if you ate one of my candy bars while you were skiing, you'd never get off the ski lift. And I thought to myself, whoa, whoa, wait, that's not the same as drinking a beer. Right. right. Because yeah. you could you can make a lot of runs and drink a beer each time at the bottom of that right. run and right. still get off the ski lift. Right. Uh, I mean, up to a certain point. Yeah. Yeah. But it also then would, would stand to reason that the same difficulty you would have shifting from drinking to drunkenness. You know, you get into the conversation, how many drinks is, right, how many right, drinks is right. too many and body right. chemistry and size and, you know, all of those things. Uh, and I think those are the wrong questions. I think the right question is, why does God tell me drunkenness is bad? And and to be convinced of that is to avoid it, is to, is to not be reckless. Uh, and in the same way, instead of saying, how much marijuana can I ingest or smoke before I'm high, I think it would be more, be, God makes it clear to be controlled by anything is not good. So I should want to, out of trust for him, avoid that, uh, not try to get so close to the line. But, uh, I think that goes to you know a problem that sometimes we have when it comes to morality is that a lot of times we are asking the wrong question, whether it's in It's the how area, close we can get yeah, to the right, line. Right. How far can I go? How close yeah. can I get to before this line over. before yeah. it becomes a sin? And I don't know. Yeah, there's a... It's, but inherent, a yeah, inherent in that is this idea that God's law is pleasure restricting, right? That that's the idea. And so, like, how close can I get to pleasure uh, to doing this thing before I've crossed the line? Versus seeing God's law as flourishing, as the key to flourishing, that trusting God and obeying God and listening to God uh, is actually how I flourish. In which case, why would I want to peek over the fence? That I, I would want to stay inside the fence. The fence is is good for me. So uh, I think that's my view on recreational. On medicinal, I think I would say I would defer to medical professionals and say that any medicine needs to be regulated. And you know, the pers- I think we're seeing with the opioid crisis that the inability of whomever it might be to regulate the prescribing of drugs can have disastrous consequences. Yeah. But assuming that's avoided, uh, I don't have a problem with it being used where doctors think it's appropriate. I don't know if anyone else does or... No, I, I would say that too. Uh, I would, when we start talking about uh, legalizing marijuana, though, and people using uh, marijuana like uh, recreationally, one of the things that... I'll go back to my three wise men that came in. One of the things that they said was, uh, you don't understand because um, marijuana will lower the uh, percentage of people that are using opioids because they'll use that instead. And uh, the most recent studies that I've seen in Colorado is that it hasn't lowered uh, their, the use of opioids, but it's actually increased. And it, it makes sense to me. And I was trying to think through this before I came, before, because I was thinking about uh, people who would, who would use the wine argument and say, well, if you, if you uh, drink wine regularly, um, uh, then it's the same thing. And I would say, if, somebody, if I find somebody who drinks wine and I say, have you ever tried whiskey? The vast majority of people would probably go, yeah, I have. Yeah. I, I, uh, I don't like it, or I like it, or I, use, I will have it every once in a while, whatever. Um, and I think the same thing is true with marijuana, only it's not whiskey that they, that they will say they use. They'll, it'll be a, a, something uh, that may be more addictive, may be uh, more difficult for them to 
handle and uh, to stay in control of, if that's the thing. Yeah. But uh, I think it, that's why it leads to the other thing that these guys said is that uh, marijuana is not a gateway drug. The drug dealer is the gateway to, to harder drugs. <sighs> Which I said, what do you mean by that? And they said, well, if you come into our marijuana store, all you can buy is marijuana. But if you go to a drug dealer, the drug dealer will go, hey, can I interest you in this? Can I interest you in that? And I was going, huh. Up, upselling you, if you yeah, will. Yeah, right. Maybe so. But then again, in Colorado, in the different places where they have legalized uh, marijuana, uh, that has not been the case. They, they haven't seen a lowering of other drug use. But I found it interesting. These guys who they were uh, – one of the things that was interesting for me to watch is how much they were trying to rationalize uh, what was going to be uh, a huge cash windfall for them. You know, yeah. that will make anybody Their go, motives were yeah. altruistic oh, in yeah, some, right. yeah. Yeah. Uh, some way. Yeah. Just think of how much we can give to the church. These yeah. wise men were not looking to give away their – their gifts. It's no, still amazing to, to me right. that they came to you and wanted to talk with you it was a about very that as if to justify yeah. within themselves. They needed Joe's a, blessing. It's like going to see the Pope. <laughs> no, <or? laughs> I'm not <laughs> saying. No, they didn't. No, they, no, they didn't. <laughs> uh, I they, and, and they actually got – it got turned down that time you know, in yeah. Ohio. So they actually lost the money that they had tried to put down on the land right across from the church. So And then it became the Goldfish Swim School. So. <laughs> That's right. And there you have it. Story That's right. over. I think uh, if we shift into legalization, I think the issue that um, – I do think this is an issue that is thought about differently across ethnic lines, racial lines. I, I think uh, when white people think about legalization, we tend to think about recreational usage um, of marijuana. Uh, you know, we want to smoke it or we don't want our kids to smoke it. We, we want it in our neighborhood or we don't want it in our neighborhood. But I think maybe non-white people would think about more in the aspect of criminalization and the devastating effects that the war on drugs has had on neighborhoods, minority neighborhoods, and, and neighborhoods uh, filled with people who are not white. And uh, I think that's a real conversation to have that, you know, legalization of any immoral thing or, more, you know, is is tricky because, like, for example, I think pornography is very immoral. And I think I know from pastoral experience it is devastating people's lives, ruining their lives in some cases. Uh, but there's no push to, like, make it illegal. Um, you know, so that gets tricky when you're saying the difference between that's wrong well, and, and he, it's and so wrong it should be illegal. And even if you're going to try to make it illegal, you try to make it illegal to produce it right. and disseminate it. right. But you wouldn't make it illegal. You wouldn't incarcerate people right to watch who used it, it. Right, yeah. and I think the da- is- the difficulty is that in in a lot of neighborhoods, particularly think of in cities and black neighborhoods, where uh, a lot of men have been arrested right. and put in jail for possession uh, of drugs, and how that has really. I mean, certainly they there's personal culpability. You know, you make a conscious decision to break the law, but the criminalization of marijuana has really led to whole neighborhoods wow. being absent. Is this your curveball? Oh, yes. Yeah, uh, that's of, a good one. Because of, I had, men. I, I would not, I, I, that wasn't even in my No. You know, yeah, my so I think when we have a conversation of legalization, I think, you know, in the white neighborhoods we're saying, do I want to get high? Do I want my kids to get high? And I think in the black neighborhoods they're saying, do I, not, I, do I want my son to come home from jail? Right. Do wow. I... And I think that's a difficulty. I think if you look at the history of drug enforcement in America overall, you do mandatory minimums, 
that you you know if you have crack you get this much if you have cocaine same drug but you get this much because of the ethnic makeup of cracks being smoked in the black neighborhoods and cocaine is being uh, in in other neighborhoods I think there are problems with it so I think there's a conversation to be had about the devastating effects of criminalizing marijuana in minority neighborhoods but I'd also say that anyone who's in favor of legalization of marijuana, in my opinion, if if is the state, America has a choice to make or states have a choice to make, marijuana is immoral and should be illegal uh, in that case. And if that's the view, okay. Or uh, marijuana is either moral or immoral, but it should be legalized. Or it's but it's amoral. It's yeah, just, that's yeah. right. Yeah. But if it's legalized, I do think the state then has to go back and look at everyone in prison for just marijuana wow, yeah. charges and, in my opinion, release them. Because if what we're saying as a country is it never should have been illegal, then I think it can't just be now middle-class people can smoke it with impunity. It should be we need to admit that we criminalized something and incarcerated people in a huge way in this country for something that we now feel like is okay. I really think on this issue that if we were sitting down with black brothers and sisters in Christ, that's how they would be looking at it, and we should listen to them. Uh, on this issue. I think it affects neighborhoods differently. That's a little bit of a Do you know any statistics on, like, the amount of people that are incarcerated for marijuana usage alone or possession? No, no. no. And I want to be clear that drug crimes often get intertwined with other crimes, right? Right, right. So I have a drug problem, now I'm breaking and entering, and nobody's saying, I'm not saying in any way that you would overlook those things. I'm saying, but if you're in jail because you got picked up with a dime bag, and now we as a society are saying that that yeah. should be okay. Yeah, I think yeah, I think and we, the war on drugs started out as what seemed like a good idea, yeah. right? To try to make it so it was it was not as prevalent and that it would we would nip it in the bud, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. But uh it has definitely led to uh a mass incarceration. What I know that the United States has more per capita in prison. Right, than any other nation, any other civilized nation, right? Yes, and yeah. disproportionate for people of color. Right. So Absolutely. when you look at, you know, right. 14% of the country is black, and yet the prisons are, you know, swarming with African-American men. Right. And, and again, I'm not saying personal culpability doesn't get into it. I just feel like we have to be careful that when we start saying, well, should it be legal? Yeah, if you want to get high, who cares? And it's like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> right. Okay, Right. For 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, you, you were throwing men of color in jail for this. It's a relatively so, innocuous conversation for, for us. For, right. For, for, right. Us. Right. Right. for us. But it has like massive implications for whole neighborhoods right. of our cities. Yes. And, and I, think, uh, I think if we're going to talk legalization, not we, if we as a society are going to talk legalization, then I think we owe it to these communities to look backwards and say, boy, what we might have, if we were wrong, then we were way wrong right. over here. Yeah, Zach, I think I think that what you've done, um, just in looking at it, is something that we need to do with with a lot of issues. Right, not only look at it from our perspective, and that's the only way I was looking at it before you mentioned yeah. this way. But to turn it around and say, if I was uh, a person of color, how would I look at this exact same issue, and not assume that 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 viewpoint is 
exactly the same. Right, because you said, Joe, it's like you said, like, should pornography be illegal? I think a lot of people would say, certainly in our circles, would say yes. But they, if you said, okay, so if your teenage son looks at pornography, should we throw him in jail? Right. And right. they would say, well, well, well no, no, no. no. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, for years, for decades, they've been doing, you know, we've been doing this. We've been finding young black men and throwing them in jail for this. Right. And so we need to be, if, if we're saying that never should have been the case, right. we can't act as though this is a brand new conversation that just started. I think to Jimmy's point, this is a conversation that white people have just started having, but non-white people have been having for, for decades. Well, and the ramifications of those incarcerations on families and on neighborhoods, right. like yeah, there's no way to go backwards and and fix but that. Even if you release, but, no, you, know, you release can't. people yeah. from prison, yeah. that doesn't give years back that have been Correct. taken. But, but that's true. But you can imagine how minority communities will hear it if we are now saying, ah, oh, it's okay, Yeah. but we're Nothing's not going to mess with looking backwards. And I think... <laughs> I mean, it seems like what we're saying is it's okay for us. It's okay for us, but but for them, not so much. And I think we we just need you to be. You still did the crime. You still do the time. Yeah, and again, you've already heard. And then I'm saying this as someone who says I think smoking marijuana rec- recreationally is sin. I, I think it's a violation of of God's word. Um, but if we're talking legalization, then I think we need to be honest about where we've been wrong in the past. But I think to Joe's point, that is something I'm trying to say is that this is why it's so helpful to listen. And again, and I, uh, the guy who works with me at Orchard, Paul Turner on staff at CCC is a black uh, Clevelander. And I sat down with him last week and said, okay, we're going to talk about legalization. What what do you have to say about this? And he said a lot of these things to me that helped me kind of think. And I think it's just where it's helpful to say, when we're thinking about these issues, we see them from our lens. And that's fine. That's fine. That, of course, what other lens could we see them from? But it's really helpful to go to brothers and sisters who don't look like us, don't come from where we come from, and say, what, what do you think about this? Well, before we have any other conversations about anything, we ought to choose who's going to get to talk to Paul. Because yeah, Zach seriously. shouldn't always be the one that gets to talk to Paul before get all this, this kind of thing to get a different to perspective. Maybe we should have Paul. Yeah, that'd be good. Well. Let's do that. Yeah. So I think the big thing is this is a very complex issue that, that you can think about in a variety of ways. And again, this is an issue where if all you care about is winning, then like, and I think politically in America, that's what people care about, like winning the issue. So fighting for criminalization, fighting for legalization, conservatives, liberals, good guys, bad guys, then you don't need complexity. You just get your talking points and move forward. Like the guys I met with Joe. I don't think they were open to being persuaded, right? They were just giving you their talking points. But if what you really care about is what's best for human flourishing, and in Jesus' mind, loving God and loving your neighbor as yourself, then I think you have to look at the complexity and you have to dive into it rather than shrink back from it. You've been listening to Church Unplugged. And one of the things we want to continue to do is make the connection between our faith in Jesus and our everyday life. So if you have a question or topic that you'd like to hear, discussed, feel free to email us at churchunplugged at ccchapel.com. And if you want more information about Christ Community Chapel, our church, you can go to our website, which is www.ccchapel.com. Thanks for listening.